Hello, and welcome to our very first live podcast dedicated entirely to you, the conscious content creator, and also sponsored by the very first event of its kind, the very first Conscious Media Festival, which will be held in Austin, Texas in March 2017. More about that later. So welcome. I just want to, from my heart to yours, welcome everyone that's listening, everyone that is participating in this whole giant trend of conscious media, and especially everyone who is out there with their hearts fully open, creating conscious content. That's amazing. And I'm excited because this is what I believe is the most important conversation to have today, a conversation about spreading consciousness throughout the media, especially the mainstream media, because, oh my God, what a delivery system the media is. It's like, talk about leverage and amplification and magnetism and power. That is one beautiful system already set up. It's just got the weird blood in it. Let's get some good blood throwing, flowing through the veins from our heart directly to the veins of the media and to other hearts. And let's just do this. So, I'm very pleased to be here as part of this whole effort and everything leading up to the live event. So really, there is nothing, nothing, nothing more important than helping people wake up. And I know many of you that are listening feel the exact same way that I do. The rewards for doing this kind of work are you cannot even measure them. It's greater than money, success, position, because when you're aligned and you're doing your purpose, there's nothing sweeter. And I know you all know what I mean. So for the next few months, we'll be talking on this subject. There's so many aspects of it. And we're going to be co-creating together new ways for everyone to shine their message bigger, brighter, better, in more ways than you've ever thought of. So all these talks for the next few months are going to be leading up to a live event in Austin, Texas, which is the first Conscious Media Festival, March 3 through 5. This is the official worldwide announcement right now. In downtown Austin, Texas, 2017, it's actually the week before South by Southwest, which many of you know is a huge festival. There's an interactive film and media part to that and a music part. It draws 400,000 people every year. So this is the week before that. And what if our conscious media festival just became so big that it kind of bled into and flavored the South by Southwest and all those half a million people coming? We got some good opportunities here, folks, so let's pay attention and let's ride this wave together. We have some of the most amazing people. You'll meet Savan on the the show tonight, and we just have everything lined up for this to just totally make it happen. Okay, so I want to tell you a little bit about the festival really quick. Um, Basically, it's 12 speakers, three days, and one big Austin-style party, which is going to be really fun. It's going to be at the AT&T Center, which is a beautiful amphitheater, 300-seat classroom. We're going to live stream it. It's also going to be at the gorgeous Palazzo Lavaca, which is a block away, and that's where the VIP receptions will be held. There'll be an awards ceremony, and there's going to be speakers lined up all day long Saturday from morning till night before the party, and that's in the 300-seat classroom. Other than that, the VIP events are only going to hold 100 to 150, so What I want to do is tell you now that if you want to get on board, you might want to do it early. And we are offering an early bird special, so please check it out. I want to invite you right now, if you're on your computer, to go to ConsciousMediaNetwork.com. 
check it out. Look at our speakers. Of course, we have Seven Bomar. We have Regina Meredith from Gaia TV. We have Aubrey Marcus from On It. We have Maya Zuckerman from Transmedia. We have, I mean, and there are more and more coming. We're going to be adding to this. So this is just like our basic first rollout of people that we really want to speak. So I think you should check it out and see if maybe you want to be a co-creator. And that's where you get a really special deal if you help by giving us feedback, filling out a survey, talking to us about what you really want. That constitutes being a co-creator. And we're going to offer a special deal for classes. So you can just buy the classroom part on Saturday from like 9 till 8 at night and just get the speakers for a really discounted rate. So think about that. Sign up and check out the website. Also send your email in and you can email me directly, giselcoy at gmail.com. So any questions or any kinds of sign up, please, please jump on board. Okay, so a quick word about how this got started. I live half-time in Austin, half-time in Sedona, and I was volunteering for the Conscious Film Festival known as Illuminate in Sedona in June. And I had an amazing time. I met filmmakers. I met, it was like, you know, your favorite kind of people to meet, all cross-currenting, all cross-pollinating ideas and technologies and personalities and super stimulating. It's like, it's like what one of those conferences or festivals really should be. And, and this was like that. And when I was done, I was thinking, you know, I love this, but I just wish it was more like for people like me. I'm not a filmmaker, but I am a conscious content creator. So that's when the blood lightning came through my body. It's like, why don't you just do one of those in Austin, Texas? And so I kind of committed because, you know, when you get one of those blood lightnings from the gods, you got to go with it. So, you know, you can't say no. You say no, then you may not get blood lightning for, I don't know, maybe five more lifetimes or something. <laughs> so you got to grab that lightning. And I have. And but it's a whole team of us. It's a whole team. It's not just me. There's so many people getting involved in this. So come join us. Be a co-creator. So today, moving on to today. Oh, so much to talk about. In fact, our special guest, Seven Bomar, we, we could barely quit talking to get on to start recording. So here we are. But we will we have plenty of time. So I, I want to talk a little bit about him and I want to properly introduce him because I'm so honored to have him as a keynote and also on this on this inaugural uh, podcast for the festival. So anyway, if you if you don't know him, I will introduce him. He's known as the spiritual savant, and that's like the perfect description. You know, you read that about someone, you're like, yeah, no, he is that. He had a really large, I guess, powerful third eye awakening in which, as he says, massive amounts of knowledge were were downloaded into him. And that's what he shares, knowledge. But it's not the knowledge like he doesn't memorize books and have all the stuff that he just spouts. It's it's knowledge of a higher level. It's knowledge from another dimension. It's knowledge before history was laid down and fed to us, um, force-fed to us on a spoon that we never chose. It was like it's not our fragmented history. It's not the history that we have where we can't even remember who we are, and we struggle so hard with just even the little bit of remembrance of our greatness and remembering exactly what we are, the gods that we are, etc. So he has done a good job of just catapulting over that. And guess what? He's not wasting his gift because this guy is prolifically creating content. Oh my God. He has, you can, you can gorge on him for a month on free stuff on YouTube. You can also sign up as I have for his inner 
And um, that's pretty amazing. That's th- those are like really prepared, sophisticated knowledge modules, like lectures and presentations with visuals and all kinds of. They're multi-dimensional learning devices, and they're on different subjects about our galactic heritage, or it, it, it goes on and on. It's like even the words. He's like he, he's creating a new language as he goes with a lot of this because that's one way to rewrite our new history, and that is through our language. So. I just want to acknowledge him. I think you should look at his university, Google anything about Seven Bomar. You'll find tons of stuff. He's been doing this for about seven years. And he's what I consider a great conscious content creator. And that's what we're talking about today. So I want to tell you a little tiny story. When I first contacted him, we had a phone conversation. And I don't know what happened, but these codes kind of got activated in me. We had a conversation. And that night, I dreamed that we were like cruising to the universe. And I dreamed he was Toth. Yes, as in that guy, Toth, the guy, the keeper of the knowledge. And this probably embarrasses him, I don't know. But but you know the movie uh, Gods of Egypt and the character Toth? He's a lot like that where he's just, he's just got the knowledge. And anyway, not only did I dream that he was that, since then there's been new little like uh, new neural activity in my brain. And it's like some new passageways got open. I don't know if it's because of his presence or he's a code activator. I'm sure he is. But my brain is now thinking in theorems and more knowledge-based transgressional sequences, if that makes any sense. And I celebrate that. And it's like, I think Seven's here to kind of activate our inner genius. And that's, you know, we all have that possibility. He's just a living example of walking and talking that. And he's helping us to awaken to it. So while you're getting the knowledge from him, you're also getting the activation. That's why I'm really excited about him as a content creator. So one of the themes um, that he talks about and I talk about and this what this conference is about is the theme of unprecedented. Because we are in unprecedented times. Um, 2016 is the year, Seven talks about it being the year of light and if you look at the media, it's like everything's happening. We're on this huge trend of whistleblowing, disclosure in every industry, banking, farming, big farm, Monsanto government, all of that. And so it's kind of like things are just like really, really, really coming to a head here. And so as he says, this is the year to go quantum. And I couldn't agree more. So, hey, are we all ready to go quantum? I am. What about you? Yes. Hello. Let's just go quantum right now in this moment. Yeah. Okay. All right, I guess our podcast is done then. Well, no, just kidding. So um, anyway, <laughs> let's go back to Seven, and let me just finish this intro before we bring him on. He's from the future like many of you are, and I know if you haven't heard someone say that to you before, you're like, what? Just let that sink in. We don't need to comment on it, but I'm just going to say it again. He's from the future like many of you, and he will be at our live event in March, and he's going to be speaking on the human broadcaster and check out the website, what, what is written about, what he's going to be speaking about, because it's pretty amazing. And he's going to be dropping some deep knowledge with practical applications, emphasis on practical applications. And this is what I love about what he's doing right now, because he can go so deep, so expansive, so cosmic. But guess what? He can tell you the greatest app to use to make your podcast. I mean, how's that for a range? And that's what we're all looking for, to be able to traverse that kind of that's that's a multidimensional aspect right there where we can we can think in the expansive universe and we can deliver it in the 3D world. So love that. 
Um, he is going to be also using the multi-platform approach, and he's going to deliver his signature style, elegant, high-level, innovative, futuristic, and inspiring message on the human broadcaster. So all of us that are creators, we can't miss that. And that's going to be live streamed also, so check it out. So let's all just take a deep breath. I'm speaking to myself here. Let's settle, relax, get comfortable, and get ready to let Seven take us all on a journey while we have this conversation about everything we're talking about. And I want to say hello, Seven. Wholeness, Giselle. I mean, what do you say? It's been uh, an amazing time, you know, just in sharing this space with you. And, you know, we're even going to do it again tonight and just, you know, really light this thing up. I'm so excited to just have the opportunity to not only deliver this message, but also to deliver it with the accuracy that I feel is necessary for what we're all looking to receive. So this is totally one of those conversations where everyone coming from it will indeed gain something and pieces will begin to fit together. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for that alignment. And so I'm definitely very pleased also to be a part of the event coming next year. I'm super excited about it. And obviously we move quantum, so no telling what's going to come out during that time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Hey, where are we going to be there versus now? I don't even know. But hey, listen, I want to just first of all say thank you so much for being here tonight. And, and thank you for everything you do. And just thank you. So I'm going to start with the gratitude for that. Yeah. Well, you're more than welcome. <laughs> Good. Okay. So here's what we had a conversation recently about. Okay. What does everybody need? I mean, I look at my life and I go, what do I need as a content creator? And I have a list just like everyone does. I'm actually creating a survey that I'm sending to all interested parties so we can put this conference together in a really deliverable way. But what we're finding so far, and we've already talked about is this idea of practicality. And that's like getting, getting to where we can all be really fluent in this language of content creation and I think we need to first start with the question, and I'm going to throw this at you so we can do this together here, Seven. How would you describe the conscious content creator? Well, certainly, you know, I, I would definitely describe it as the voice, the voice of the future. And, you know, it's something that you see, uh, it's, it's been developing. I, I would say for sure there's been people bringing consciousness for, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of years. But each epoch, if you may, demands that one adjust to that specific frequency in order to be able to begin to deliver a message that harmonizes with what's going on for that time. So, you know, we're in 2016, sounds like a movie from the future, and we're being challenged to actually show more versatility than ever at not only creating a new path, and, and people need to, uh, to see once and for all for themselves that they're designed to do something amazing. And oftentimes when you have an awakening, that means that whatever you were kind of doing before that, it now needs to be transitioned. And when consciousness hits us, if you, you know, this term that we use consciousness, and we, but when it hits us in high degrees, what we find is, is we find that it really demands for us to begin to figure out what's going on for ourselves, figure out what's going on for others, the immediate family, dealing with our emotions, dealing with our body. So there's all these different components that we now start becoming challenged to make sure that we balance out. And I again, couldn't agree more. Yeah. 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 It's, that, it's that, you said this earlier, the, the alignment, that choice thing, where you have to like, it, it no longer is a choice. I remember one time you said, you know, some people get to turn this off, but you don't. Right. 
And I think that's really amazing because that's what conscious content creators do. They are honed in. They have no choice. It's what comes through them. And you know what? They may not get a lot of uh, feedback from their peers. Like I'm talking to this festi- about this festival to people, and I'm not kidding. Like the lady who cut my hair, she had no idea what I was talking about. Conscious <laughs> con- And I'm like, you know, maybe we shouldn't be doing this festival because several. Lot, there's more than just a few people that really just like, I'm going to try to understand that. Now, I don't think we should let that deter us. Do you? No, the fact a- that... Uh, not at all. And it's, you know, it's also because, you know, the big part of becoming uh, the conscious uh, broadcaster is really adepthood. Like there becomes a point where now people are going to be listening to you and people are going to be listening to what you're saying. So that bec- that means you become a mentor. Like there are mentors everywhere. Like we learned English from mentors. We have teachers. So in this position, it requires that the person learn how to take on the responsibility and a part of that responsibility and in coming into adepthood is learning how to deal with those that are not exactly hearing what you're saying with the message. And this really is, is not a, so much as a challenge, but an invitation to begin to increase what I call our toolkit, which is how we're actually approaching this, starting to use practical applications of how you approach people. And one of the things uh, that you can really look deep into that actually connects a lot with spirituality is just simply marketing. Because no matter what you have, and it's, here's an example of it, if you have some diamonds, let's say, and you're walking down the street, and you know, obviously diamonds are valuable in the society, but you want to give them to someone, if you give them to someone right then, you're going to find that person thinks at least three to four negative things before they think positive. They're going to think, <laughs> why is he giving me these diamonds? There's some type of scam. Maybe these diamonds are fake. Maybe he just stole these diamonds. There's going to be more of that going on than that. Someone is really trying to give you some diamonds just to help you out with something that has some value. And it's the totally. same thing when you're bringing these gems or you're bringing these beautiful messages to people. They're like, okay, so what do you want from me? Because they're used to dealing with that in the reality. And mar- what marketing is really about and centered around is actually how to get over that hurdle. And what we'll find is, is that a lot of what spiritual, spirituality to me is everything. It's not a subject. It's not a period. Uh, spirituality it, it attempts to teach you how to unite with everything and how to harmonize with everything. So this means in, in every tense that that's everything. So you have to begin to work on your skill sets and, uh, and learn how to get back in there, you know, get out of your monkism, because, of course, that's always how a, a vast spiritual awakening begins is you, you take that breath in. Right. And you go into your own reclusion and you got to get yourself back together. But of course, the reality is not just breathing in, it's breathing in and breathing out. So you got to get back out there and how you get back out there. If you go with these principles that we're going to talk about today, because, you know, you're privy of this conversation. So we're only going to be talking to people who are hearing this conversation. So if you use these tools that I personally had to learn over my whole life, but strongly in the last seven years with dealing with others and also dealing with myself. Many of the conceptions that come with one who wants to do great things, but often faces the abrasive side of the reality, which almost seems unfair. And, you know, how to deal with that, how to begin to balance that out to get some real success. Um, Yes. And you know what? I want to, I want to, I love what you said about marketing. I want to talk about that a little bit more. Okay, because you're so right. That's a huge, basically, we're talking about spiritual marketing. And I think there's a lot of confusion, even with myself. Like, like, are you marketing to your highest level of content? Are you marketing to the mass media? Or do you have to find your niche? And also, 
there's been a lot of confusion for a while to the spiritual set. It was like, oh, well, let your angels do the marketing. You just do it and they'll get it out there. And I think there's a lot of confusion about marketing. Like it's anti-spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, you know, there's a thin line between a lot of things. You know, there's a thin line between when you're sustaining yourself off of your spiritual message. And, you know, a lot of people uh, would look at it like, oh, you're not supposed to be making money off of that. But it, it just totally doesn't make any sense that a person can go and make money off of hurting people but can't sustain themselves and make a living by giving a person something. So all those things are really misconceptions about parts of the reality where people feel like they've been abused in and taken advantage of, and then somehow they connect that sometimes with what you're doing. But the truth is, is that in the laws of balance, whatever you're pushing out, you have to have the reciprocation for that. And one of the biggest things that people should think about is this is not really just about making money. It's actually about being able to fuel your vision because if you get to a point to where your vision starts getting big, like now our platform is holding 16 to 17,000 people, and it's totally wow. different to have that amount of people from every dynamic versus that beginning, you know, 100, maybe 50 to 100 people. And so what that means is now you're in the same responsibility seat, the adepthood, of also making sure that that tribe, that family, those missions actually survive. And that puts you into a world of, you know, the internet is really the wild, wild west. There's lots of stuff going on on it. And that's the same highway that you're going to have to get on every single day in order to traverse your way uh, into what's building your future. But the interesting part about the conscious broadcaster is, is that this is an entirely different aspect of doing things because it's not just about learning about marketing in order to get people to listen to what you're saying. It's also to first begin to deliver what you're saying, but then also bringing that change to things because marketing using all their statistics and, and mental programs and uh, reactions and, and heat maps and all these different things can actually get a person to buy something that they don't need or, or don't really want, et cetera. But in this case, when you do break through all of those shells that people have around them that makes them non-receptive to these kind of messages, you have this cherry on top if you made to deliver to them and it just totally changes the dynamic that they've been trapped into about not being able to trust. So beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> I love everything you said. I want to just, I want to go back in there on. So I think we can change the word marketing to building a tribe yes. and what you hit on. Okay. Like the marketing word has an aspect of, you know, all these analytics that Selling. can sway you to do stuff, <laughs> manipulation. Okay. But here's the thing. When I feel like I'm truly marketing or building my tribe, and, I, and I, I swear I've just learned this recently, if I put out a message and it's exactly what I'm thinking, it will hit a nerve with who I'm talking to, and there's a feedback loop. Sometimes I'm just putting stuff out there and just going out there, and it's like, and that's kind of my marketing results or my whatever you want to call it, because don't you find that even though you have 16,000 people, which is amazing, by the way, that there's a feedback loop so you know you're you're vibing and creating a complete circuit of content to feedback to back and forth? Most certainly, most certainly, because, you know, just like you're saying, you know, when you put the real terms around these words, you really get right away that marketing actually equals relationships. And in all the dynamics of relationships, whether they're personal, whether they're spiritual, every single dynamic of relationships, there are certain principles that allow those relationships either to work or they allow them to fail. And one of the biggest ones are, is trust. 
And it is, of course, unfortunate that many people have trained themselves on how to fictitiously speak from the heart. And, you know, and that's what you get in a lot of the commercials and things like that. But what we're really talking about, though, is that, see, where this all hinges is actually it hinges with the success. And because any time and what success means to you, because any time you push, let's say, a thousand hours or all your life and you even make some sacrifices because, you know, many people are on this messianic path where they have to make sacrifices to things that they used to have going on in their life. But when you do all of that and then you turn back around and you're at 50 views and you just poured out every single thing that you could give from your heart then that doesn't feel well. I don't care what a person says. If they think that it's ego, it has nothing to do with that. It's just simply about a basic principle about when you put out something, you want to receive that back. And I'm, it, go ahead. <laughs> I'm so happy you're bringing this up. It's like you just like hit a nail on the head. You just spoke the unspeakable because so many people, I know everyone, including myself, has done that. You might have had that experience too where you just really feel like you're on message, you're on point, and it's just going nowhere. And you're like, what am I doing wrong? And you get discouraged. So, yes, trust. Yeah. So are you saying you got to trust your message even if you're only getting the 50 views? Well, no. I mean, anyone who goes through a vast spiritual experience trusts their message. That's generally the difference between them and everyone else. They become what I call immovable. They can't just be told that, hey, everything that you believe is false, and then they go back home, and then they're like, it's over for them. It's not that. You know, and also, you know, just to correct the words, what we're really talking about is instead of receiving something back, because a person will say something about that, it's really reciprocation. And in a relationship, if someone, if you're paying attention to someone, you're giving them all your attention and they give you nothing back, how healthy can that relationship really be? And so when we take all this into that same scope and that same dynamic of what we deal with in everyday life, we find this is very practical. And so what the trust is really about, just to answer that question, is the trust is the first thing that really needs to be established by the person that's listening to your message in order for it to even penetrate into the levels that you really need that message to go. And because the conscious broadcaster is actually responsible for dealing with matters of the soul, this means that you can't actually go to Google all the time and find the answer to what it is that you're looking for. Meaning that, you know, if you're going to start a McDonald's or you're going to start some kind of company, uh, let's say related to electronics, there is in many cases prototypes and blueprints and different people that you can learn from. There's logos and designs and things that you can get the d- d- design inspiration from. But with the conscious broadcaster, because we're pioneering something that is revolutionary but brand new to this world because of the age that we're in, it really requires that that person really do a lot of these things that we're going to be talking about today in order to maintain the balance of all this. So it's not just one thing, but it is about one particular type of mindset. And this is what I've noticed that has gotten me so far in this. And that's generally when you have to do something, let's say if you have something to accomplish and you face turbulence, a lot of times, especially in the, in the maybe spiritually evolved mind, if you may, the person will say, well, you know what? Maybe it's not for me. And the difference with the conscious broadcaster is the, the conscious broadcaster is going to say, actually, you know, I need to try again and again and mm-hmm. again and again and again until I knock it down because it's like brute force. Brute force is a form of hacking to where they just try all the passwords in order for them to actually get your password. <laughs> so it's almost like a brute force way at, you know what, instead of accepting that maybe that this path is not for me because I'm facing all these impediments, it's actually let me learn how to troubleshoot 
because that's a major skill in everything is that troubleshooting means that you keep trying and you may fail, but you're isolating what the issue is. And eventually you start becoming very proficient at bust, busting through what exactly is causing the problem. But again, for the conscious broadcaster, you have a mental, spiritual, and physical dynamic to actually look in to, to determine, hey, where is this actual issue coming from that I need to leap hurdles? But we should see that as a positive thing because a conscious person does or should have a balance of all those strengths. So they can often go into a physical aspect of accomplishing something that they may find very difficult to handle spiritually. They may be able to go into a mental, mental concept in order to be able to handle something that is plaguing them physically. So you have these different aspects of yourself or hyperdimensional self to oscillate through. And this is what you should see as your strength. That's so good, Seven. I'm, I'm making a list here. Okay, if we're going to make a book out of our talk today, <laughs> we're like, like the 10 the powers ten of the conscious content creator. Yeah. We're going to call them the 10 powers. Okay. Okay. And get number one is be immovable in your message. Yes. That is so strong. That's everything. That's why we keep trying again and again. I... We know what our message is, but it may, you know, so I love that. Be immovable in your message. That's solid. Okay. Yes. And number two, hello, this is so, this is practical and big time. Learn to troubleshoot. That means when you're on Skype, you got to go up to the little box and go contact a person, have a conversation and send your question in. You've got to go research it and find out. And so many people don't do that. Right. Some people don't do that. And so, and then and then navigate, hey, is this is this me thinking too hard? Is this me with a spiritual problem like a block? Or is this me physically not working my equipment right? You break it down like that? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's like energy. It's the same thing like we've been talking about. The energy has been so powerful these last few days. And yes. I want to get into that later, what's going on right now. Because I know people are just, they're handling a lot. But you can break it down like I'm going crazy, or you can break it down like, wow, there's a lot of energy, and you can stay immovable like, wow, I'm just going to observe this and look at all this energy flooding the planet. And so that's levels of mastery. That's what this troubleshooting in. This is troubleshooting is levels of mastery of like, all right, break it down. And not only that, no one has all the answers. Last night, Seven and I, we had technical difficulties, and we sat there and, you know, we sat there and we had to do what everybody else does, you know, Google, why is Skype not working? Yeah. All those kinds of things. There's no, there's no ego to this. It's yeah. just break it down, non-judgmental and, and figure out what the problem is. Yeah. And there's, and there's no, um, and I don't think anyone just like ever gets it right all the time. You're constantly surfing technology in yeah. this game. And that's a bit, okay, I'm writing number three. Learn to surf technology because that's what you're doing. Always yeah. new stuff. Yeah, and it's because really that the spiritual aspect is is one thing and the technology is another. So, in fact, <laughs> if you build up enough frequency, frequencies actually destroy electronic objects. So many people have witnessed their computer go haywire and things go haywire just because they came in there totally channeled and ready for that to deliver that message, but over those electronics. So, you know, it's it's that bridge building that we're doing, which... In many Ooh. cases, if we just look at it just as it is, we're building bridges to two totally different worlds. 
And we're also experiencing why we need to do that. So anyone that's telling you that, you know, technology is not the way to go, generally they're doing that from a cell phone or over Skype or through Facebook, which of yeah. course is just, again, that, that counterproductive way of, of attempting to find what we can eliminate in order to make things better. And the truth is, it's actually more of what can we connect in order to make things better. So it becomes to a point to where you realize that your power now resides, and again, is what we call the toolkit, because anytime you troubleshoot something and you figure out what's causing that problem, that goes in the file cabinet as when you experience that again or when someone else is experienced and you say, hey, okay, well, reboot Skype or let's check Twitter. Yeah. You can't call Skype, but let's check Twitter, see what Skype's saying. Skype's saying that actually they're down. Okay, so we know it's not on our end. And so those kind of things could seem to a person to be totally unrelated to spirituality. And this is what happens at times is that the person just melts down under this feeling like there's this you know, force that may be on top of the house causing all of their disasters. But we have to realize that as spiritually adept people, what that means, anyone who's been through the experience knows when you get to a certain vibration and certain frequency, anything that you think begins to happen. So if for some reason that goes into the wrong direction, mm -hmm. then you can begin to rapidly create what you don't want all within one session. And then we need to learn even when that goes on that, hey, it's okay that nobody is, is, is sitting here judging you about what's going on because that's going to allow you to stay in the flow. That's going to allow you to stay in your heart. And it's going to make people understand that when you come forth that you're just bringing it from the heart and that's all that's necessary. So it's not rehearsed. <laughs> it's not like, oh, I, I don't want to make a mistake here because, you know, as a conscious broadcaster, and we all have that threshold, don't get me wrong, you don't jump on this, you know, even as a natural and don't, you know, have that nervousness or, you know, try to get your notes all together and those kind of things. But what you're really looking forward to doing is getting just in the flow of who you are and talking to people as you're talking to your friend. You know, you can have these explosive conversations at times with people that you really care about. But the interesting thing is, is that when you're using technology at times, especially if you're broadcasting and no one, you're not even seeing anyone on the other end, you're just seeing your microphone or you're seeing your computer, sometimes for a very spiritual empathic person. It's very difficult for them to even conceive that there's someone on the other side listening. So it feels very impersonal uh -huh, to yes. them and very stale. And the, re the way that I got through that was realizing that it's actually being able to keep, for me personally, to keep content going out, because Conscious Broadcaster is responsible for keeping content coming out, is finding different applications that you can utilize in your home to really catch you in those moments to where you're really dropping it, which sometimes could be on the way to the gym and sometimes could be, you know, when your friends come over, but making sure that you know that your responsibility still is is to deliver what you're bringing forth and what you're you know pulling in channeling whatever you want to call it to everyone else and so if that's somehow not captured then it just means that hey you know you're going to be working a lot harder so getting your little personal recorder that works really well with sound you know having your cell phone there uh, just to begin to pick up some kind of videos really getting those kind of things and those tools available to yourself so when you have those right ideas you're able to record them and i love that and knowing your process like for me um, instead of having a lot of capturing moments i make a date with myself every morning and I get up as early as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. It used to be four o'clock. It's not four o'clock anymore, <laughs> but that's when my time is. And I, you know, I have a very disciplined program of my meditation, my quiet mind, and I write. 
And even if I'm just writing nothing, I write for like an hour before I turn on any electronics and I make that connection. And, you know, it's funny because the only word I wrote this morning was trust. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's the word that was given to me. No other words. Usually it's pages and pages and pages. And so I wanted to bring that up. But also, um, I think we need to go back to this point. And this is uh, one of the things that I'm seeing is there's a moment as a content creator in your life where you realize that you can't rehearse anymore. And you, it may be something like you have a big talk to people and you're like, Oh my God, I always have at least an outline. When you, when you graduate to this place where you realize that, Hey, I know my message, I am my message and I don't need to rehearse. And when you, it's kind of like a breakthrough moment and that, that way you're always authentic. And so that's a big number one thing to do. And then that way you're not going to get in trouble because you're going to always be authentic. And I want to just go back two more steps to this building a bridge and working with technology. I'm, I may get in trouble, but I'm going to say this. I think there's, uh, in the marketing, I think we come to a point where we realize that Facebook is not our market. Facebook is a great tool. I love Facebook, but we get so trapped. There's a little tiny, the way their algorithms are working now, mm-hmm. you're just seeing each other's a very limited group. Do you agree with me? hundred <laughs> percent. I, I even tell that, people, don't think that everyone in the world is like your Facebook friends because, you know, you can get caught into that, you know, that's exactly one dimensional right. aspect. <laughs> I think it's very... Uh, liberating to realize that Facebook was not my market at all. And yes, I do like my friends that like my pictures and all. I keep it kind of like more for the social thing and remember to put my stuff out there in other vehicles, which we're going to talk about. And that's where the word multi-platform comes in. Mm. That's what the conscious content creator does. That's a creator creator does. It's like use those platforms and there's many and we'll make a list of those and we'll go through and talk about them and I guess we can do it now. Are we at that point right now? Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, also to, to put some emphasis on what you said, that stay going manual when you can. Like, get your old uh, notepad or notebook, especially some type of diary, and really keep that on hand because I find that even just the whole interaction with typing things at times never sits the same way as when you just write it down. It's like when you write it down, you never forget it. And a big part of that is really about spirituality because the power of writing, and, you know, I say the pen is more powerful than the sword, and, you know, just having that ability to to write and to articulate what's in your mind into a two-dimensional format is really a big part of our power. So we never want to uh, to not be without some kind of pen and paper to get those ideas in there. So I just, you know, I wanted to add some emphasis on that. And we could definitely now get into some of these applications. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. I get, like, if I... I can't, I got to get my, I got to get my ink moving. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's just my, my little thing. So listen, what if we take a tiny 30 second break okay. and then come back and start talking about multi-platform create the, the different platforms? How's that sound? That sounds great. Let's do that. Let's do that. All right. Go. You know, it's really tricky defining the multi-platforms because it hasn't really been defined in this way. And I started off by saying everything but film. Because filmmaking is its own genre, and that's its own conscious trajectory. But I'm not excluding it entirely, but that's not our focus. But I'm going to focus on things like YouTube, web webcasting, teleclasses, universities, blogging books, e-books, comic books, animation, virtual reality. Basically, 
if I look at this list, it's stuff you can create on your own without a giant production facility. Mm -hmm. So that leads me to this other thing, which is even bigger. And that's, I'm calling this entire movement, the backyard builder, Mm -hmm. because in essence, we are backyard builders ourselves being our, I'm I'm my own broadcast studio. You are your own broadcast studio. And then we're going to add to it because I know here in Sedona, this is what we do. We sit around, we build things. We make pyramids. Jason Styles with Eye Pyramids makes awesome pyramids. Yeah. Ryan Duron, we're all making stuff all the time. And we're yes. making organized things. And we're making podcasts. We're making, come on, let's do YouTube. And we're making silly stuff. And we're always making like videos of us like superheroes that probably people just can't stand, but we have so much fun. And we're just creating. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we can't, there's nothing else to do in Sedona. But anyway, it's creating, and it's and it's so all of these little platforms are the ones you can create yourself. You don't have to go to Hollywood and get a forty million dollar budget. So I just kind of realized it's stuff we can do on our own, and the beauty of that is we can go around the controlled, censored aspect of media, which is a whole other subject. And maybe we should save mind control till later, but <laughs> and and just stick with multi platforms now. But yeah. I want to like I want to throw this out to you. Let's talk about this, and let's also talk about one of the things I got on my survey. How do I know which platform to use? Well, you know that's a good question because, you know, with technology. See, what, what happened with me is that I actually come from a technological field. Like when I was younger, I had a fascination with computers, so it is a bit easier for me to jump onto the mainframe and find what I'm looking for. However, one thing that I did definitely notice was everything that you were looking for is not just directly right there. And it's because there's so much that controls, let's say Google's algorithm to determining what's really on that front page. So when you say something like, what's the best podcasting service to use, then you're not gonna actually get Zencaster. You're gonna get someone who, well, the first rung is the ones who've paid to be there. And then the rest are the ones who've been there for 10 or 15 years and their services may be outdated. So what I really like to do these days especially, is I like to have that dynamic still open for people who just want to ask me. I find that we have to end up creating these uh, faculties. That's why I actually started getting into life coaching, because I'm not just giving people motivation and giving them some keys and tools to their lives, but I'm also advising as far as how to adapt to this new career that they want to launch or what to use. And I find that that resource is so useful, but it's the same thing that I ran into personally that, you know, when I started even thinking about, you know, you got to, if you're dealing with money, then you need an accountant or you may need to understand or understand international banking. So who do you call? And then I always look at, you know, the oligarch and all these different things and how they've set stuff up. And they got these family lawyers that they've been having for five or 10, 20 years or since he was a kid. And there's all these resources that they can draw from. But us, you know, we have basically to, to kind of bump our heads a few times and even waste some money before we figure out what are the right services. So that's something in itself. Some people find that, hey, I can figure out all that for you and I can create it. And so we have what a conscious broadcaster is, is it doesn't just limit a person to delivering a spiritual message since spirituality is everything. It could be that person that's also letting you know, hey, here's some new stuff that's coming out that you may want to try. Yes, for sure. Everything now is on desktop, on the desktop. Like when you're looking at laser cutting and and 3D printing and all these different things, you know, the equipment for that back in the day would be as big as your living room. And now it's something that you can put on your desktop and the companies that are choosing to do that you know, one company, let's say Glowforge, made $30 million in 30 days. So when you look at that, what we're looking at is we're saying, 
when a person chooses to empower another person, there is success behind that. You just need to know what people need. And sometimes when we're creating our new idea or we feel like people should learn this, maybe they should learn about the reptilians, that could be sometimes where people are not at. And so you have to, in, in realizing where your success comes from, is be able to put your fingers on the, the pulse and on the heartbeat of the world to say, okay, where is everything that? And I, and I personally, I do that by ages, like, you know, the golden age, the computer age, the age of ether. So I kind of base things on, you know, where are these new dynamics going to come in? And let me not get into that mindset that, well, you know, if the world's going to do that, then they can forget about me because then, you know, you'll be out there in the cold. It's about Every single thing has a positive, a negative, and a neutral. And it's about taking that thing and determining how that is going to become harmonic for what you're doing. So let's say something like virtual reality. This is a, I guess it's a $180 billion industry with the 18% saturation. So this means that there's still about, I guess, a $78 billion dollars still left in there, whatever the numbers are. But what I'm saying is, is that for a conscious person, they're like, no, no, we're trying to get away from computers. And they visualize a world that's supposed to occur within the next, I guess, five years to where we will not be using computers and we will have halted on virtual reality. And they will find that, like just like many of the people back in the Mount Shasta days, that that's actually not what's going to happen. We're going full on into this because this is about Gaia's dream. This is about divine feminine. It's about divine masculine. And then how that relates to you it's about what you're going to do about all that. So why not, if you're going to create a segue into maybe some unconscious parents' life so they can begin to educate their children, maybe create some kind of simple VR app that actually begins to teach children about geometry and teach children about true origins and the true meaning of things in their body and use that application as a segue into getting not only yourself to the, into the level of recognition that you're going to need to really impact millions of people and maybe even become a household name, but also to start at the foundation to where things begin, which is, which is the children, because there's a huge void there. There will only be more zombie games, more killing games, etc. So what we find is, is that why we can sit back and say, oh, this is horrible, all the things that, you know, is going on in the reality What's really being said is that as long as the reality is not feeling your beauty and as long as the reality is not feeling your harmony, then it will indeed remain like this. And then when you see yourself going one person at a time, which is okay, you know, you can help one world at a time. But when you start talking about massive applications, if that's your path and that's your design, then you start looking at, okay, well, where is this thing going so that I can head it off at the pass. See, a person that's moving through time, future forward, that kind of thinker, you know, the bright minds, the pioneers, the inventors, they're always in the future with their concepts and their thoughts and their ideas. So in the future, you get a chance to view back to the present and see where it's actually going to be coming and then meet it there. You know, that's a big thought. Google, uh, the Google culture, they have defined what you're talking about as disruption. Do you, have you heard about this? Yes, I have, of course. <clears throat> of course. It's kind of new to me because I just read that book, Bold, about these guys, mm-hmm. that they actually, they, they're, <clears throat> excuse me, they're doing both. They're riding that wave. They're looking at it for market opportunity, but they're also identifying <clears throat> where a new need is coming in. Yes. Like, for example, the 3D printer, it was, it was invented a while back, mm-hmm. and then it never took flight because it was expensive and cumbersome. And so it sat around forever and ever and ever. And then all of a sudden one day 
somebody's version was a little bit more affordable, then it started breaking through. So that disrupted the entire yeah. 3D printing market. Same yes, thing with, um, and so, so it's kind of both. So whereas I'm not condemning Google that they're looking for an, a marketing advantage, but it is what the conscious content creator does as well. It sees those needs, those disruptions. Yeah, and it's and it's and the big part about it is, and that's why they call it disruptive, is that then the juggernaut, as I call it, the huge company with hundreds of thousands of employees, it's not is sleek, equipped, aerodynamic, easy uh, with the ability to change as someone that is just in there with two or three friends, or maybe by themselves. And that always is now, you know, it's especially with crowdfunding 100%. coming in and open source yes. being here. It's really scary now for these firms that have, you know, grandfathered themselves into the patents and, you know, these whole, you know, the Smeagol way of, of actually doing everything. Because now people are actually <laughs> saying, hey, I want to see little funny quirking things like, oops, looks like we made a mistake when I hit the wrong web, the wrong website or the wrong web page, or, hey, drop us a line and, you know, for support, or if you just want to talk to us, hit us up. You know, they, they now are starting to adapt this, hey, we're still a, a, a person back here, because other than that, they've remained this kind of faceless, non-responding entity. But unfortunately, again, you know, it, it, as things keep going, anything that's sluggish, anything that's dense, won't find its way in this new phase of where everyone's going, where things are fluid. And, you know, and that's, that's the big struggle of what's happening now is it's coming from both ends. It's the rigidness because, see, the thing is, is that uh, the reason why I mentioned the word harmony so many times is because there is this other side that's called good, which until you really get deep into adepthood, you start to realize its true identity. And good is very rigid in itself and bad and good, these two together, when you get them going, we just have a big war. What it's really about, again, is the bridge builder. And that's what's going to happen with a lot of people is the realization that whatever you're trying to do, whatever you're trying to push forward, you're going to need other people. And the reason why I say trying is because it will just be that until you learn how to establish relationships. So rather, so if we look at, let's say, 99% of the reality as sheeple and useless eaters and all these kind of things, but yet you're trying to start your whole new life and your whole new career off of what? those same people that you're actually complaining about. So even mentally, spiritually, and physically, mm -hmm. you're rejecting what is supposed to get you somewhere. So the big thing about establishing great relationships is that people, when you come to realize what's going on, are responsible for getting you to where you need to go. And the, best, the better you can be at getting along with people and learning what they really need, what they're really saying, and walking them through uh, their life, and also impacting their lives. When someone impacts us and teaches us something that sticks with us, we forever remember them. We forever thank them. So it's really about getting in it that way. And that actually brings us to this part of, of, of what I think is a major thing that we should discuss very briefly if possible. And that's the difference between reacting versus having compassion and empathy. Because this, these two right here, this lesson is indeed for a master, and it's because many people still find themselves in the reactionary phase. When something goes on in the reality, they're there, and the monkey mind is giving them all the, the different things to think about and to say, and then they find themselves reacting, and they even can think that that's good. And, and when we talk about compassion, of course, everyone knows that the key to this, as I call it, the compass to Zion, the compassion and the love must be incorporated with what we do. But how how is compassion not reacting? And the truth is, let's look at just one scenario with a doctor. 
when a doctor comes in and let's say there's a gunshot wound, if the doctor comes in there reacting, the doctor's going to be like, oh my goodness, he's bleeding everywhere. She's bleeding everywhere. Let's get some uh, uh, pressure. Oh my goodness, this is crazy. It looks like she's dying. I think she's crying. This is this horrible. Who did this? I can't believe this <laughs> keeps happening. Why is everyone shooting each other? See, that's the reacting. The compassion is to get right to work. Because uh, to actually yeah. get right to work is going to save that patient's life. Reacting is not going to save that patient. And to realize the difference because the true compassion is coming in because that doctor is there. That doctor cares. And I'm using an example here. I don't want people to go on a tangent and be like, oh, the doctors, they have bad medicine. <laughs> and we're just using some examples of some metaphors here. What we're saying is when a healer comes in, they cannot afford to react. They have to move with their compassion, and their compassion means go to work, do your job, do your service, do your duty. Don't look at it, hey, is this a person? They may be dirty. This is a bum. I don't work with bums with gunshot wounds, only clean people. You know, all the dynamics, and that's what I yes. call the reactions of the monkey mind that are not present really within any master. And this is another big thing. Master something, because when you master something, you'll find that the blueprint to everything in life will be within whatever you choose to master, even if it's just being the master janitor, because that's how life really works. It does have a unifying field and a unifying connection. And I find that sometimes we think, well, I'm too old to master anything, or, but there's yoga schools. You can go master Kundalini yoga now, or you can go and teach yourself another language, like let's say Arabic or Sanskrit, or you, know, you can maybe just go learn geometry, but never forget that a lot of us that are very intelligent have a tendency to be masters uh, in, in many respects, but kind of like a jack of all trades, but really not a master or perfected anything. And that's what you find sometimes that the conscious broadcaster is almost demanded to do. Like if you got to jump into Photoshop one day and you're like, man, you know, I'm not a film producer. I don't do post-production. How am I going to operate this program? And then you can sit around and then you can imagine that someone else is going to do it for you. And then you can wake up like two months later and that stuff is already two months old and you're trying to look into another project because you're just moving too slow. It really demands that, okay, once again, be ready to learn realize that all these designs that are coming out now, and that's why Final Cut, uh, which is, of course, the, one of the number one media creators for video, start looking like iMovie because people were familiar with jumping into iMovie because it looks simple to them. And then likewise, a lot of these programs work just the same. So what I'm saying is, is that these companies are stilling, still doing, well, they're stealing too, but they're still doing the best that they can to make it for the end user because they know they're going to get more clients that way. So that means that even if it seems a bit uh, daunting at first, because I jump into stuff these days, like I, you know, I never learned com computer animated drafting, but I need that skill to be able to, to do uh, fabricating and to create things, injection molding and those kind of things for 3D printers and those kind of things. So when I took a first look at it, I was like, man, you know, all these math and angles and no. But then I started with <laughs> something like Tinkercad which is an online, you know, it's almost like ki a kitty kind of thing, but it teaches you to use the rudimentary prospect, uh, and the rudimentary tools of actually beginning to create things. Now, this is what I found interesting. The first thing you need to learn is about geometric solids. So this ah. connects right again with spirituality. See, when people dig into things, they'll find that the same mechanics, and we're going to talk about a very powerful one, the same mechanics to how things work on all these levels of anything that's working can be crossed over into all the higher aspects of life. And one of the most powerful ones that I just thought about the other day was how you can have this cell phone, right? So what happens here is 
Through the air, it's nothing but frequencies coming through. And somehow this frequency is carrying your voice. It can carry a, a, a song that you're singing. It can carry pictures of you, movies. It can carry all this, and it carries it through the air, and then, bam, it comes into this phone, and it, the phone reads the frequencies, and then that comes back to the person as all that. That is the perfect example of what the hyperdimensional plane is really like. It's all frequencies. You can't really even see it with what we call the normal eye. You need, a, you need another lens to really look into it. But it's something there that identifies all of the energies and all the forces moving through the reality. And we find so much connection with that alone because it lets us know this is not something fanciful when people talk about the astral plane and astral travel. These are the same dynamics that we're using in the world today. But if we're turned over to believing that all this stuff was just invented or it just comes poof, you know, all of a sudden they have the idea, that's just not how it works. It all comes from a blueprint of nature. And the more that that blueprint can be unpacked, it all becomes things that we all need because we truly all need nature. And so this is another aspect of the conscious being is to realize that the way you go into the future is to start identifying what you need. See, a lot of people, when they think about an idea and they want to do something for the world, let's say, or they, they want to create or invent something, they start sitting down and they say, you know, well, what, do, what does everyone need? And they maybe come up with an idea like, well, you know, people need to, um, I guess, have the tissue roll, roll the tissue <laughs> for them. You know what? There's not one of those. Eureka, I got an idea. And then, you know, they go and put all their energy and effort into it and they find out that nobody wants an automatic tissue rolling roller. And it's because they spent so much time trying to figure out what everyone else needs. They miss mm -hmm. to figure out what they need because what you need is actually a true need that everyone else is actually struggling with. So that means that your greatest idea, your multi-billion dollar, trillion dollar legacy is still encased within your own process of success in identifying your problems. I love that. Seven, that's, first of all, that was so much good stuff. But hey, listen, yeah. let's create something right now. I'm going to create, I'm going in the future, and you know what I need? I need this app that you're going to invent for all of us conscious content creators. And what we do is we go to, it's like Seven's, Seven's Magic Bubble app. I don't know. we got to give it a better name. <laughs> yeah. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to type in like, like my three talking points of, of my spiritual message. And so I'll, I'll put those in there. And then what's going to happen in the app, that's going to turn into like, ding, 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 the thing's going to come up. Here's your broadcast. Start talking about these things. Here's your points. Here's your, here's a course in that. And it kind of like turns it into all the different platforms Yeah. by, by fractalizing and, and amplifying the message out. <clears throat> so that's kind of one thing, but listen, I'm, I'm kind of half joking, but there might be an app like that soon. And the second yeah, or thing is... Yeah, a person is, can build it. They can use Good Barber. Yeah. I think that... I, <laughs> I want that app. I, I'm serious. That We don't have to pick a platform that way. It goes to... All platforms get created simultaneously based on your message and your aesthetic. Okay. And you get to curate your aesthetic. I always believe that should always be built in. Yeah. But let's just go back one thing. And, and I want to put like three exclamation marks on, on this thing that says master something. Yes. Now that really rang a bell with me because I, you know, the cards of destiny, I'm a Jack of clubs. Mm -hmm. So I am truly a Jack and I like to do a lot of different things. And when you said, you know, we all tend to be little Jacks, but we should master something like make sure you get that one black belt or have that one, one master degree program. Yeah. And 
that is important. And you kind of just kind of struck a chord with me right, right there. And so what that inspires me to do <clears throat> is to go get one of these, um, like the final cut, one of these technological things that I have not mastered. And it can be a piece of technology that I master. I don't have to go master Kung Fu, but I can go master, <laughs> uh, a, you know, a, a Zencaster, master some, a technology applies. Am I correct? Right, right. And then, of course, this term technology just, me, technology just means an application that allows you to begin to create on a different level of possibly a, a more advanced level. So this could be anything like, you know, I always call it ask technology. I mean, they even had technology three or four thousand years ago that was more advanced than what we have now. So people shouldn't sure. become deterred by that term technology and, and start to really think that these are tools that you're going to be able to add to your arsenal that are going to be forever useful. And, you know, even if you just isolate one, let's say Final Cut. Now you're creating videos. There's another uh, resource for that because, again, we're talking about this in real time. We're not just telling you, to, hey, go, go get Final Cut. You're going to need some plugins. And what plugins are is they make what would normally take someone that uh, really needs to know what they're doing to be doing it. It makes you look like you know what you're doing. And that's called a Pixel Film Studios. You can Google it. That's it. That's the website, pixelfilmstudios.com. And what they've done is they've created some of the most impressive plugins for Final Cut that I've ever seen. When it comes to intros, to outros, to effect, to three-dimensional, to you name it, you can get it done there. And it brings your... See, because here's the thing. Why are you doing this? Let's, let's, let's rewind here for a minute because someone will say, well, you know, I just want to bring a genuine message. You know, why do I got to go through all this thing, these things? And it's because um, in most cases, people are still looking for something to authenticate right away that they can even believe what you're saying. And for many people, that's presentation. It's how does it sound? How does it look? Does it, you know, does it roll in? Is there the transitions there? Or is it in, you know, a square and now everyone's in widescreen, but, you know, you got this square and the sound's all bad. And this is, again, it only kind of does discredit to your message because it's not giving your message the right throughput that is needed for it to truly, you know, get out there and to do what it needs to do. And so this is important is what I'm saying. Cause, but the other thing is, is that remember the phones that you're dealing with now, the cameras on those phones are more advanced than pretty much every single camera that came out in the 90s. And some of those wow. cameras that came out in the 90s were sixty to $70,000. So from a simple Samsung, you can push out a eight, eight, uh, 1080p or 720p high resolution video with just that thing on the tripod of you bringing it with a good background. So we're not saying that, you know, you got to blow some stuff up. <laughs> you got to get some CGI going on. We're not saying that. We're just saying that if you get a simple rig together and it works, then you can only keep enhancing what you're doing and teaching yourself something. Because the other thing is, is that you'll find that these same skills, if you decide to go undercover back into the matrix, you can go and find a job doing that, meaning that you can go right into something because you may find that, hey, like for me personally, you know, it's like spirituality, spirituality, spirituality can also become like a subject in your in, in, in a period or class in high school in a certain tense to how a lot of people look at it. It's like, OK, spirituality for three hours and then I'm going to go and do the rest of my thing. But the truth is, is that we all have lives. We're living lives in a different way. And what it really requires us is to actually begin to learn a different skill set, to 
to move with the time so that we're not left behind. And if we're, for some reason, under the impression that that can't happen because maybe some angel or maybe whatever, it's just not the reality. And that's the challenge. That's what, that's the course that the universe as a university is putting us all through is saying, yeah, you got your spiritual thing going on and you may fly out of here at night, but in the morning you're going to wake up and you're going to be here And so what we're requiring of you is that you bring all of that SpaceX right here into the physical reality. You need to learn how to birth it. And not only will that be rewarding for the person who is practicing spirituality because they finally realize the power in grounding and the power in the womb and, you know, what these archetypes like divine feminine truly mean because they'll have those experiences. And so this is, it's all intertwined. It's all connected. Like we should not separate one thing from another. Oh, so totally. And going from that whole technology thing, let's go right here to the human being, the physiology of this human body, the human broadcaster, the heart field. I mean, I like to say I I struggled with maybe calling this conscious content creator a multidimensional ambassador Mm. because that's what we are. That's kind of a bigger picture. But I'd like to talk about, you know, just this little this this vortex of energy that is me, that is you, that is out there in the world, emanating, magnetizing, pumping out a, a certain kind of magnetism, spiritual magnetism, or, you know, what we are as individual yes. units of broadcasting. Okay. Yeah, I yes. mean, because let, let's just talk about that. Let's drill into it from, from just the physics of it, because what happens is, is that everything that you create is going to be a reflection of how you feel. So if you're not in order, then what you create, no matter how perfect it may seem, people are going to sense that. It's going to be in the vibration of your voice and your message. And we're not, going to, we're not saying you're trying to get yourself into this pristine, perfect condition before you can actually transmit something because you do need to get yourself into some level of practice. But the truth is, is that with our consciousness right now, we're facing having to stay, that, stay in that empathy, stay in that trust, stay in that caring, while at the same time, also protecting yourself in a tense, not being run over, not being naive. And all of this can just be so much. We start realizing, hey, this is a lot of maintenance. This whole thing is high maintenance. And so what I started realizing is is that you have to realize that there is this other side of the reality. And because I I, I had this thing written down here to tell people to make sure that if, if your message only consists of positive things, that means that you're not telling the complete truth. So when you're ready to get into the truth, you'll realize that there's a law of diametrics. There's going to be a for every reaction, an action, et cetera. So the big part of that is beginning to prepare yourself to how do you find that neutrality? And a big part of that does indeed come from the heart. I mean, it gets so deep that the heart is truly the driving force of our consciousness because it is sending the pulse or the electric. Like they still haven't figured out why the heart beats. But when the heart beats, if it's beating true, then that beat will fractalize itself at a certain point, penetrate you down to your cellular level, to your DNA level. That's the true aspects of anti-aging. So if you have this beef then with reality and you don't like everything that you see at times, then all you're doing is actually beginning to damage your own heart. And then you're actually in the stage and the phase of what we would say the so-called controllers are in. See, now they have money. So despite them breeding out their empathy through their actions and breeding out their compassion through their actions, they are confined in the reality because they cannot get their heart center back activated. 
So, of course, mm. they would want to, con to convince everyone else to do that same thing. And that's what you see in media. We've become so callous at times to what we see and what's going on. Like, you know, black lives matter, white lives matter, blue lives matter. I got one. I call it what life really matters. <laughs> because when we really look into the fiber of what's happening here in the reality, we realize it's actually boiling back down to us. It's boiling back down to our reflections. And when we study the heart, we will study that the heart is braided into several diff seven different layers. And that does correspond with the seven different weeks, or excuse me, the seven different days of the week. There's so much that does really connect with how our body functions to how we're actually in this reality and functioning in itself. So this, so what I'm saying, you know, just to, to drill it in and make it very clear, is that you're not looking to get into this to actually make enemies. You're looking to get into this to build bridges. And if you go in without that aspect, you're going to scar yourself up. And I'm only telling you from experience. I went three to four years in real duality. We carry big Bushido blades attacking anything that looks like it's malevolent as if we've rained down from the sky to punish the devil himself. And that oh kind God. of idealism and in going into this doesn't actually make you available for the work that really needs to be done here. Because even Earth is not looking for some hero carrying a sword, but more so as a hero that's ready to give her a massage. It's a totally different thing. And what happens is, is that we're being challenged, but sometimes those challenges are not just about having courage. It's in many cases about having love. Like somebody told me a while, asked me a while ago, or just recently actually, uh, how do I cope with the whole thing about what happens to very enigmatic leaders that are trying to lead people into to, to greater horizons and they get killed or assassinated? This was the guy who was asking me, how do I protect myself from that? And my response was, we've found that the people who are concerned most about their lives, maybe it's I'm going to get into a plane accident or I'm going to get into a car accident, then they tend to never go anywhere. It's like every single thing that they try to embark on, there's a fear there that they may lose life. So they never actually live life. So nothing about this is any different than that if we're somehow in fear to say anything or we're in fear to do something. And fears could also mean tackling that ultra complex looking program that once you smack it in the face like a cowardly lion for a few hours, <laughs> you start realizing that it operates just as basic as building blocks. And it's just the panel itself that in, in sometimes just the con consistent telling yourself that, hey, I can't do this, I can't do this. And so this is a, this is a big thing because it's so multidimensional. Like think about all of what we've talked about tonight. If a person looks at that from a spiritual way, they'll gain something. If they look at it from a way of just monetizing and, 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 and succeeding in the reality from that level of resources, then they'll gain something. And that's just because we've become more multidimensional. So in here, we're not just talking about, you know, what's coming down from the Pleiades and how Ryan was tilted in the 23.5 on the, on the genome and all this. We're not just coming with that. We're saying, okay, at the end of the day, though, you got to ground it. Because yes. a lot of people that have that conscious broadcasting path on the way, they still haven't figured out how to ground the energy. And what happens with ungrounded people is they have a hard time making relationships. Why? Relationships require commitment. Relationships require stability. So this is all connected. It's all a part of it. We have to realize that if we're experiencing some kind of instability and insurity in ourselves and we don't know what we're doing and don't know what's going to happen next, then that doesn't give us the ability to actually grow something. 
And how we know that is Earth right now is moving at a certain frequency, the Schumann resonance. And the Schumann resonance on the frequency spectrum is definitely not in the high frequencies. So then we can come to this conclusion then that maybe Earth is not as smart or Earth is not as whatever. But that's actually not what's going on. Earth has put itself at a frequency so something can grow. So lives can begin, so bonds can be built, so tribes can be created. Because if this thing is moving at 100,000 herds, no, we're not even going to be able to stand on it. There's going to be no, nothing in physicality. So we see then that there's a power in everything that we look at if we have a multi, multi-dimensional aspect of things. If we don't have that multi-dimensional aspect of things, we'll be stuck at times, we'll be frustrated, and all those different things will happen because we'll feel like as conscious people that we deserve more or that things should be this way rather than saying, you know what, I'm going to change it. I'm going to create it. And this is the big thing that I've learned after doing this for seven years because there's millions of impressions that we have all across the world. There are people in different countries that when I set out to do this, I set out with this idea that I was going to change the world. And the interesting part is, is that I realize that you can actually do that despite all the different things that are saying that, well, you need some cash and, you know, you need to be another skin color or, you know, all these different things that the reality tries to throw in front of you and saying, but it's not even possible. We have people that are curing themselves of things that the medical industry has said is incurable. We have people seeing things that there is no real devices that have been created to allow people to have that same kind of vision. We have people creating things that are not even actually here yet. And because of that, that's what we connect into. And that's what gives us our motivation. Woo. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Let me just like get, catch my <laughs> breath here. So listen, if we have one message tonight for everyone, how about just this? You actually can change the world. Yes. Okay. That's like the greatest <laughs> message I've heard all day. And I want to just talk about that for a second because there's a famous quote about, you know, it's, it just takes a handful of revolutionaries to make great ideas happen, et cetera. Okay, so this is really full circle here, Seven, that it's the individual broadcaster who's going to do this. That's the one who's going to change the world, all the individuals like us that are doing this. And it's delivering your message in a certain kind of way. I love how you started this segment right here about if you're still just sharing positive message, you're missing the point. And I think a lot of us are guilty of that. We, you know, we have to make that transition. Like, I have to admit in my message here that the media is totally controlling and it's poisoned and you know there's a negative side to all this which we are trying to combat but you can go too far and i think the conspiracy world has turned off people for a long time because they're just like they're in your face i know literally when i will bring up a conspiracy uh, theory to some people, they will just shut down. They don't want to hear it because it just has that air of truth. And that's not a balanced message. That's like kind of an attacking in your face. And I want to, I want to see, in fact, we're having a hidden media dis- uh, symposium at the conference. Mm. And it's about where do, let's, how can we move beyond conspiracy? Now we have to have the facts in. Let's accept it as fact. We've done the whistleblowing. We've had the disclosure. It's no longer conspiracy, folks. We can take the negative spin off of it and we can go into compassion as defined by the earlier conversation, meaning just get to work. Yeah. Get, get to no busy, get busy with some solutions. <laughs> just get just get to work. It's like we don't have to like raise our arms around. Like, oh my God, did you know what they were doing? We can get beyond that shock value and just get to work. Yeah. And so I think moving beyond conspiracy is the compassion, i.e., get to work. I love that. Thank you. That's yeah. so. 
Yeah, That's and, 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 and it all has its place because, you know, the neophyte needs that conspiracy because there's a lot of paradigm shattering that needs to go on. There's a lot of conceptions like Santa Claus that still need to be corrected. And conspiracy theories, which that become rapidly facts, do that. But that's all neophyte stuff. Initiates start thinking about their body and how that plays into this, the diet, and how that plays into this raw energy like bad music versus good music, you know, uh, open windows, feng shui, those kind of things. That's initiate. And then the adept is finally saying after all of that preparation and that growth, now I'm ready to go out here and to assist some of those uh, uh, some of those uh, initiates and some of those neophytes. And that's the process. And it's no different from how trees grow. And then we start Absolutely. to see that in the entire reality, what gives us a vision of what is to come, because we're only experiencing a very small part. As they say, hey, you're using 5% of your brain. What they really should have said is that, hey, you only can see 5% of the reality. And there's this other 95% out there that's waiting for you to open it up. But to do that, it's like, this is, it's all a part of it. Like the whole path in itself, it's just so intrinsic from the city that you live in to the street that you live on, that it's all working a formula. Because this is another thing. If a person ever questions themselves and says, well, why me? There's so many other people that can do this. They have you know, better teeth or, or they have a better conversation or they went to school or they have more money or they're more likable. And they can go into that because that's how they're measuring whether this is for them or not. The truth is, is that we're talking about formulas here. We're talking about real alchemy in order to build bridges into spaces to where there's no bridges. Because first of all, building bridges to places that there's already bridges, there's really no use for something like that. So that's why you never want to be, be become limited by your peer group. Again, you never want to become limited by your peer group. You never want to get stuck in that Facebook circle of people that are all talking about the same thing because they're still recycling the same video. You want to keep your unique and your inventive aspect of things. And that actually requires you at times to sometimes just go against all of what is being said. Oh, we're on this side, they're on that side. And it's like, well, what is the side anyway? You know, it's just stretching the mind. And what this does is, is it's like a fish that gets a bigger tank. You can actually get bigger and you can also develop applications that people haven't even thought of or even dreamed of yet. So there's a big part of this that it's new. Just remember, it has a new feel around it. And every person has a different fingerprint to prove that they have a different spin. And when you put your spin on it, just because it doesn't sound like what someone else is saying, that means that's actually great. And in marketing, they call that the niche. They call that that's what your, your whole thing that you need and that's going to separate you from every single thing else. So you just don't blend into the canvas. And so a lot of people have found the success because I, I look at a lot of different stuff. You know, I look at Kickstarter, I look at YouTube, and I look at all, all different things. And what I find is, is that, see, this is also not about how you look. Like a lot of people, they feel a little bit discouraged about how they personally appear and then they think oh you know if I just look like her then I would be so amazing and the thing is is that when you watch Hollywood and you watch all these different uh things that go on to where people are become uh people are magnetized to people it has to do with character that that guy that gets on the YouTube hey YouTube hey what's going on and then he smacks an egg in his face a million views and it's because, obviously, you don't got to go smack an egg in your face, but the character, if the character is not electric, 
hundred percent to bond with the magnetic side of the person's consciousness. It's like, and that's this whole thing. It's electric and it's magnetic. Even studying spirituality a lot gives you a lot of divine feminine energy. But when you now need that masculine energy, because that divine feminine energy is going to yearn for that masculine energy, that masculine energy comes from the physical reality. So now the person wants to see the result of their spiritual practice manifesting in the physical reality. We call that manifestation. But the truth is also is that that manifestation does come across when a person's dialing into all these different aspects of consciousness, these codes and these different things. And now they got to bring it into the physical reality. Now they have to basically find its mate, create this matrimony and this marriage. But what are we talking about? Relationships again. So everything boils back into that same thing. So if you become a master at relationships then, and there's a lot of work on that. Like I'm just quoting it. I study stuff myself even about it all the time. But the truth is if you want to master something, master relationships because those are things that they're like panacea for everything else that you're doing. They're going to cure every single problem that you're facing in other dynamics in your life. But it also means, hey, don't just get dictated to. Don't just go buy a bunch of books related to it and then feel like that that's a big part of, of accomplishing it. All that stuff is to help you actually act it out. And all the tests, they come all the time with all the people that are around you the things that you're involved in and engaged in. So be prepared then. What I'm saying is be prepared to make the change. Now, for me personally, it's a bit easier because I'm on a zodiac sign to where I can change like night and day. I've literally woke up, and even with consciousness, it helps you more with that because you find yourself having, having to stay up to, uh, to point and to pace with how this whole thing is moving and what it's willing to teach you if you're, if you're available. So in that whole thing, we have to realize that if you can get to a point to where you stop getting stuck, that you realize that the only thing that is guaranteed is change, then Mm. this puts you in a position to to have that manifestus, to have a true metamorphosis. And so we, we have to get prepared for that. And, you know, I always search for ways to adapt to that more. Like I learned that people have a tendency to be uh, able to do that if they go and, let's say, tackle something that they never really liked. Like if you don't like deep water, go do some snorkeling, start playing around with it. There's different ways and different techniques. But just remember, the faster you can change is the quicker, if you want to use that term, you can get to where you're looking to go. If you're not where you want to go, it means you need to change some things. If you don't like changing anything, you're not going to get to where you need to go. So this could be almost like a knock on people's forehead sometimes, especially those that are a lot more grounded in the reality and feel more comfortable when something is established around them. They have a hard time getting out of that mode, but they have to remember that what's true. And this is how I conquered a big part of this. What's true? Because a lot of times we have a feeling that we're going to leave something behind. And that's going to, we're going to regret that. Many people that actually are grounded, that's how they function. It's like, well, I'll regret if I leave or if I move on. But the truth is, is always remember, if it's true, it's going to be wherever you go, because that's how truth really is. So even when it comes to, and this is how spirituality helped me understand something that generally you would deal with on a physical level. In spirituality, there becomes a point where you keep climbing the ladder, and then all of a sudden you get to a door, And you don't know what's on the other side of the door. And the energetic potential is so high, you know that it could pretty much equal anything. Death, you never come back. 
whatever. And you can keep going to that door for a while and never decide to go through. A lot of, for a lot of people, this is actually getting out of the body. But what happens is, is that I realized that whatever is really true that I'm experiencing in this reality is also going to be on that other side of the door. And that's what truth is. And everything that's not true, all the falsehood, and as I say, when, the, uh, when, when it all boils down in the illusion, what will be remaining is the truth. And so in that kind of confidence and using that as like mantras, because those are facts, those are, those, that's grounding yourself in a fact. So if something doesn't go right with that kind of concept, that means the entire cosmos is not going to function properly. So that's the power of the order. And remember, another quick tidbit here. For the conscious broadcaster or conscious person anyway right now in 2016, there's a strong side of us that's rebellious. There's the rebel. Because we've had to become the rebel in order to escape the juggernaut and the, the military industrial complex and the machine and all these different things that go on in the reality. So there is that rebel side. But we have to also realize that when you truly understand spirituality and the components of metaphysics, there's a lot of order there. So if you pull that rebellious concept into the realm of order, like where crystal geometries and frequencies and colors and wavelengths and octaves all must be precise in order to get the manifestation working right, then we kind of miss what needs to happen. So just remember that there is an order to this and the strength in the order is when you are looking to accomplish something, and this is adepthood now, now we're in the fields of the adept. There's a time and a place for everything, really. If you're looking to do something, you simply find the resonators for that and you surround yourself with as many of those resonators as possible so that way you can manifest it. So what we find is in the order, like there's a color for it, there's a crystal for it, there's a tree for it, there's an animal for it, there's a place, latitude and longitude for it. There's a time of the, the parallax from each year. So there's so many components that that's what they call the ritual, that you can find that all correspond to what you're looking to accomplish the reason why you can move with such precision and such truth as an adept is because you're functioning on the system of order that everything has to function by. It's a higher law. So they have these lower laws, like, you know, what goes on in the courthouse and what goes on in, in, in those kind of arenas and the rules that they have at school and those kind of things. But then there's this higher law that supersedes everything. And we can never forget as spiritual beings that we're to train ourselves like lawyers have to do in the law library on this higher law so that way we can be more precise and we can be more accurate with our endeavors. And that's key because it can mean the difference between success and failure. You know, if you're doing something on one day where that's exactly opposite to what should be done, then you may not find success. So the power in this sometimes, and I remember in the beginning when I jumped into this, I was like, you know what? It's whatever I wanna do, whenever I wanna do it, blah, blah, blah. And I started realizing that I had no structure. <laughs> And that's what I was, you know, it was working for a while, but with no structure when it's time for people to depend on you. Okay. And this is the big thing. When mm -hmm. you don't have Very structure, big. you're the rogue, you know, you just basically got a backpack on your back and a couple pair of pants and you're drifting. It's very hard for people to depend on you because you're not really a strong foundation. So even though you may think your message and what you're presenting and all that is very sound, it's not because it hasn't grounded itself yet. So the truth is, is that we look for the success that we can achieve in life to really becoming the divine masculine, divine feminine, which allows us to be a foundation. 
And this foundation makes us basically to where other things can, can grow and they can prosper. And this allows people to believe in what you're saying, to trust what you're saying, because they're seeing the proof of it. And sometimes it's so simple. Like I said, it's when you turn the camera on, if there's a, a Wendy's cup right there, don't be surprised if everyone has a hard time believing your message about dieting because you had your friend's Wendy's cup. It wasn't even yours sitting on the counter. So this kind of I'm thing sure is it like, wasn't yours. <laughs> yeah, sure, right? <laughs> sure you didn't eat that blizzard. But the thing is, uh -huh. is that just getting to the point to where you do watch what you're doing. That's why I say, you know, be here now, be present. And that's a big thing. Oh, that is that whole thing was a big thing. Going back to the whole, first of all, the cosmic law. I love that because that's going back to where you trust yourself so much. And I love going back to this word immovable because when you're in touch with the cosmic law, it's, it's you go to the immovable part of yourself and then you see that higher law, which was to operate from. It's kind of like in Texas. I'm from Texas. We have this thing like called cowboy justice. Okay, uh -huh. so say you get into a say you get into a legal dispute and like you're everybody's ready to lawyer up, saddle up on this legal team and go after each other, and then somebody will just step up and walk walk in and say, you know what, I'm not doing the lawyer thing. Um, this is my word and your word. Look at me, and you just work it out right there. Mm. And it's like it's going to. I think that's a smaller example of going to a higher law, but. But it's like you don't have to go into the whole other 3D imposed system. Yeah. And guess what? When you talk to Pallas Athena, one of the keepers of this law, if you want to believe in that, she um, there's always a higher law. There's a higher law. It, it never stops. Right. Do you agree? It yeah, goes up forever agree. in infinity. It doesn't get captured. But if we go back to immovable, that is one of the key components. And I'm bringing this back to practicality of your content. You have to have that certainty, that yeah. immovability that is intrinsic to your system. And those are the those are the mentors that we like to watch. And I don't know if I should mention names of people that are my favorites, but they have an immovable message and they represent that in all they do. And when and I do depend on them and people do depend on them because they are in that centered area. So that's like a huge aspect to if we're going to figure out. What's the content in the toolbox? It's certainty. It's coming from that place. And it's having the order, which which I think we could do 10 hours on the order, Seven, because when you talk about that, it's like, it's like here we go. Okay, well, does that mean I need to know the astrology of the day I'm going to present my message? Does that need to know? Do I need the time of day of my own biorhythm? Now, like how deep down the rabbit hole do I have to go into the order? Well, the truth is, is that, like I was saying, it's layered. So in many tenses, again, you, you're bringing as many resonators for what you're looking to accomplish into that arena. So if it just happens to not be the right day, then maybe you just have on the right color and maybe you just have on the right scent. That's how the whole thing is designed anyway, is that there is actually a correspondence and an aspect of anything that you're trying to do. And but again, uh, I used to always get told by a gentleman who taught me a lot of things, especially about my body, is that you don't want to get crazy about this. Because it could be your worst enemy. And he says, you know, look, you're getting crazy about this. And this means that when it starts to become unnatural, when it starts to become borderline sorcery, then you know that it's gone too far because there is a part of this that you have to be able to move in that zone and know the flow. But when it comes to things like I was uh, there's a gentleman that put together an excellent series, uh, not only music, but also a book that goes with that. And it's called Mathematical Music Productions. People can Google for that. And uh, the, the gentleman put 
10 or 15 years into understanding frequency and then also putting together some amazingly harmonic tracks in order to, to get your mind right and get your sleep together and those kind of things. But in the publication that he presented, he, he brought so much knowledge of understanding what goes on in music. And because everything is sound, everything is wave, everything is vibration, everything is energy, what we're talking about is not necessarily having to go and study all these different um, tangent subjects. We're talking about going into the master subjects. So we can't confuse this at all for what goes on in school where they, you know, they're teaching you a history that they want you to learn and you know, they're teaching you math that you're never going to use. We're talking about where you go and you still get the knowledge of things that are going to help you, but it does almost feel like a school settings it, it, because it requires you to remember, memorize things and retain something. And I think, I think what happens is because school is so boring at times, we get this phobia of going back or feeling anything like that. It's like once you become an entre entrepreneur, you kind of like shy away from schedules and getting up at a certain time. Even if you do that every day, if someone tells you, hey, I need you to be there, you're like, uh, I don't know, this feels like work again. I don't want to get involved in that. So there's this, this part of us, again, that is, um, is one way and train how to see things one way. And then there's this new part of us that has now to see things on a multidimensional level. And when I say also about, you know, that it's not all just the good stuff all the time, it's also to keep you real, to keep you aware in this reality about what's really happening, to know that the, top, the clock is ticking. And the, and the connection to that is, is that that term unmovable, actually, which is the, the name that the ancients gave to God or what they call the supreme being in their language that interprets to us in English as unmovable. And the reason for this is because there was a prototype of how the archetype being really moves. So there's a part of them that is unmovable. It's very easy to see it as a clock. And that part has to remain stable. That's what they call the monad. It's like it has to always be the way that it is because if anything gets messed up down there, it's going to have to reboot itself and become that again and start over. And then there's this part of it also that is movable. And this is the paradox of our reality. Like we find that, you know, we're good and bad. We're flesh and spirit and light and dark. And there's a lot of paradoxes that exist here. And this is a part of the paradox. You're to be unmovable, unshakable, but also flexible. And this is why the, the prototype of that is actually the, the, the diagram of what Saturn looks like. Because it's like a clock. There's a part of it that is not moving. That's like the stationary hub and house of the clock. And then there's this thing that's moving time. And that's why Saturn became known as the, the father of time because it's spinning the galaxy. But, uh, you know, we, we had to get on a tangent because they actually found out that what we're calling Saturn is serious. And there's a lot that goes on in occultism. But this, the, the thing that you need to hone in on the most is, is that what's being required of you is that hyperdimensional aspect of things to where you need to be unmovable, firm in what you're doing, but also flexible to be able to realize what the person is experiencing and what aspect you really need to come at them on at, with this. And, you know, so if you're like all firm and, you know, it's like you give it the way that this is. And like they talk about some of these yoga techniques. It's like you can't even play this music and you can't do any kind okay. of adding because it's going to be just like they did it a thousand years ago. And it's like, Okay, I get that, but I think we can enhance it. So that's all of, so it's requiring that. That's kind of all this whole thing has that same flavor to it. We, we realize there's these ancient traditions and cultures and things, but we also realize that they are in bad need of a facelift. 
So we'll, hey, it's, it's the adaptability word. Yes. that's our word here. Be yes. super flexible, adaptable, adaptable. Yeah, and right? and the that's other thing is just know how to call in your energies when necessary. So when you need to be flexible, then you come in with your flexibility. Your immovability is always there. It's you know, it's the foundation that everyone is standing on. So it's like anytime a person comes with one finite rule to rule everything, one word that's going to rule them all. It's just not like that. It it's requires like that. you. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. Should I quit trying to buy immovable.com on my other screen here? <laughs> hey, do it. <laughs> hey, somebody's still going to need to learn that lesson. So it's just like there's so many spaces to cover. And that's why I say, you know, we're all at our stations because each person, you know, when you see it like a, it's a ship, this is a craft. Earth is a, is a ship. It's moving around. And it's quite large, but we're all tending this. And each person has a different aspect of putting in this because a lot of times, you know how I start seeing this in order to just, again, to clear out energy, clear out vibration and stay in harmony. We get these people running around the matrix and we have such a big issue with them. And it could be because they're not listening to the conscious message. But when you go to the bathroom and you have to sit on that toilet seat in a public restroom, if it happens to be that person that just happens to know how to clean that toilet seat and know how to clean that sink and keep everything sanitary, but then you're all mad because they don't want to listen to this conscious message that you have to give. You're still unaware of how that person is actually helping you in your life. And the ripple wow, effects of what, thought. yeah, it's a big thing because there's so many different things. Like if you want to get up, see, our, our, the ancients, they did everything. That's why they knew that it was better to work in a unit. Because imagine, you know, you get up, now you got to go catch, catch the food, whatever it's going to be, where we go pick some berries or whatever. And then we got to do the entertainment too. And then we got to uh, get stuff ready for, for when it's cold, you know, when that season comes. And then we got to make some clothes. And so imagine just trying to do all of what is normally has to be done in life all by yourself. And so that's why for the ancients, because in those, those close-knit tribes, they knew that every day. So the goal was to get more people involved, to get more kids, to start getting more things so we can expand. So now it's the same way, but we forget that we're still in a family. When you go to the store and you buy your stuff and you get your gas and all these different things, there's thousands, if not everyone is involved in some way or another of making sure that you're getting that. So for some reason, we don't like these people. And that's why I keep drilling on that, because we've started to develop this hatred towards what we call unconscious people. And in that, we've come, become no better than, than Illuminati or whatever. The goal here is not that everyone is already fixed and, and, and ready to go and we're all expanding because if that was the case, there's no need for me to be here. Then I just would be enjoying the party. I call it the day after Ascension. What we said was is yeah. that there was some seeds that still needed that entire process of their, their growth and their tending and manicuring and that we were being called to do that. And for doing that, it's just like when you have a child, you learn so much about the responsibilities. You learn so much about yourself and the different phases that you grow through. So when we exclude ourselves from that, then we're only excluding ourselves from our growth. So that's what we know and that's what we should remember. And uh, so I'm always looking to jump in. Now, also, it doesn't mean, and here's another big thing, it doesn't mean to go jump right downtown in the club with them. A lot of people can misinterpret what I'm saying. Well, okay, well, then that means that I need to be there with them. Yeah, let me go down there. And then just totally get pummeled by a lower vibratory frequency, come home and just have anti-thoughts. Because the thing is, is that we can assist, but know to what level you can do this. 
And what happens with us all the time is that we realize that just like this conscious broadcaster, you can really reach thousands of people versus one person at a time. But we always know one person is one world. So when we're talking about changing worlds, changing one person is changing a world. It's already done. Now, if we want the entire world to change, that is going to depend on you. That's going to depend on how dynamic you are. If you're still speaking English trying to do that, there's a whole other percentage of the world that ain't even going to get what you're talking about. So it requires you to, hey, go back and get in your toolkit. And what I set myself now to do, I call it astral goals, because I know there's going to be a time to where our power that we experience on the spiritual side of things is going to begin to manifest into this physical reality. So what I look to do is I look to get at a stage to where I'm causing the actual phenomena related to healing from multiple levels. So that way I don't got to come at a person with English and talking to them and trying to articulate the words and put them in the right order so that they can believe something that they're still going to have to experience anyway. Rather than coming with you know, something to where they can say, you know what, that's how I want to get into this. Because that's how we all work. We see these mentors. And then what we believe we can achieve is based on the mentor. So when someone comes and sets an entirely new bar, like, hey, you know what, I can throw some electrical prana from the hand. And if I touch certain areas of a person's body, it heals them. And I'm going to prove that. See, because the thing is, is that now people are like, well, prove it. So, okay, well, instead of us thinking, well, I don't have to prove myself to anybody, get to the next level of your own consciousness and say, now I'm going to start coming up with proof. Look, I got a camera on. There's a person here. And that's why there's Qigong videos now and Nigong videos with men showing you, women showing you the power that can come from the body and setting things on fire. And for people that seeing is believing, which makes 98 to 99 percent of the population, it at least clicks for them for one moment that, okay. This is not X-Men. I know this guy's not lying. So something I'm missing out on here. And this is the big thing that the conscious broadcaster can always look forward to. People love hearing about themselves. The whole selfie generation has people in love with themselves. And there is a point where selfishness turns into selflessness. It turns into altruism because you realize that the height, and this is the last point of where it clicks, the height of what you can do for this reality is still directly tied into what you can do for yourself. And if you don't have the motivation that it takes to power through an entire mountain, then you got to go and find that motivation. There is a big part of the conscious broadcaster's life to where they have to learn how to self-motivate themselves, to power themselves. And the great thing is, is that we're in a vehicle that was designed to do just that. If you love yourself, you care about yourself, you give yourself positive reinforcement. I got this little thing that plays all the time. Hey, oh man, you're doing great. Oh man, you look great. Look at you. Man, you've come so far. Man, remember where you were? This is just amazing. This is, you got to keep that installed. It's like your posse or your, your theme music. You got to keep that going in the reality that sometimes you're powering through sludge. You may walk downtown and everyone's feeling the flux, storms going on and all this happening. So you have to maintain that power center. You also have to, in many times, keep it hermetically sealed. That means not letting anyone throw you off because they said something or didn't serve up your food right. 
and then be able to be on demand with that energy. And what this is going to do is it's going to put you into more spaces. The reason why you're doing all this, because that's what that whole selfishness side and how it turns to selfless is people still ask themselves a question like, well, why am I risking myself? Why am I doing this? And it's because it's directly crediting to a system that you don't have to do check and balances on and check every single night about your progress and what's going to come to you because you're making these simple actions and you're sending them out into the universe as vibrations and frequencies. And the universe as a quantum mainframe is then responding back to you with what you're giving out. So at any point then, if something is making you hate, if something is causing you to shut down, you have to begin to analyze that something as needing to be weaned out of your process and your toolkit that you're practicing on yourself. And so, and this is how I work it. <laughs> oh, my, I love that. So that's like a whole thing of the self-love feedback. So that's what's giving your feedback. And, you know, I, I am glad you brought this up about self-love because I think that's like what sustains everything. And two really important things is, are, number one, um, you got to love yourself enough to be able to give yourself the space to create. And because we're talking about content here in reference to the content creator and in reference to the toolbox and in reference to theories, one of the theories that you've told me about, which is the Willy Wonka theory is my favorite (laughs) because you know what? It's like, Hey, I mean, I tell everyone this, it's like, you got to do whatever it takes and through self love to give yourself the peace, the space so that you can create your treasures. When I heard that, it's like, okay, I've got my license to go now. I've got my card carrying. (laughs) Anybody that says, why are you holed up just creating all the time? It's because what I love, and I don't like to make excuses for myself that I like to do that, that I require all this time alone to do the creating that I like to do. And I I feel that is self-love, doing that. And I want to say one more thing. When you talk about that tape you have, um, there's a, there's a program called mindmovie.com mm-hmm. and you can make your own mind movie. And I made one the other day and it's kind of, you can use their stock or you can put your own stock photos in there and you can put your own music with it. But it's kind of like the saying you watch every day that just, it shows you as your future self. And I love creating from the future as do many of us. And I think that's what I want to call out the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza because he's teaching hundreds of thousands of people how to meditate and create in the future, create their future self. Not only that, he's doing the science of it by putting electrodes on people's heads, showing how they're actually changing their physiology and their entire energetic makeup by creating from the quantum field. Mm -hmm. And so he's doing a beautiful job of this and he's teaching people how to use these mind movies. And because that's what it takes. It's it's like when everything's going on, you got to Go back, you just reach into your own heart, Seven. That's what I do. It's just like, and I'm sure you do too. Reach into your own heart and just pump that thing up warm and loving and get that honey going. And it's like, everything's okay. It's like finding that nectar within yourself. It's the only go-to left. Yeah. I mean, yes, there's relationships. Yes, there's career satisfaction. Yes, there's living in on the level of creator and just creating all the time. But in the morning when you wake up, it's that... It's that self-love, that warm heart of acceptance of, help me out here. It's acceptance. It's everything. Yeah. I mean, it's got to get the day started. I mean, it's got to get you comfortable with who you are. And, you know, I I think, you know, also 
So just some, you know, some final pointers, because, you know, I, I know a lot of people came into the conversation to gain something. And we talked about so many things, very instrumental. So now we, you know, we really want to just give everything for, to everyone that's walking away from this conversation with this, this concept that is now manifesting into reality for them of becoming a conscious broadcaster. And one of the first things, because remember, this is informative. So when you're taking something informative, when you're taking a course, they have a tendency to be hours long. So that's our excuse today about this two-hour message. And, you know, some of mine are like six hours. But what I began to notice is in 2016, you can deliver so much in one minute, three minutes, five minutes. And in fact, you know, for me, I've been teaching a massive curriculum and structure. So it's really required me over the years to spend hours and hours and hours and do these maxi messages that people have still never heard the end of. But what happens is, is that (laughs) we have to realize that we're living in 2016 and computers are faster. uh, Technology is moving faster. And what that means is people have these faster lives. They can't even at many tenses account for time. So this means that it requires you to almost put what you're doing into that same avenue. It has to move at that same frequency and intense. Like people love the quick shorts. They love the three minutes. They love the five minutes. So if you're sometimes looking into why, you know, I'm going to put this 500,000 war and peace thing together. And then, you know, a person just needs this 10 page manual about life. And so we should think about that. There's one thing that we don't have is the luxury of time because you can't get it back. So everyone feels like that in the matrix until they start learning how to control time. So in that tense, we can create content that is succulent and absorbable and quick and ready to go. And remember also that most people, because, you know, I sit in front of a mainframe every day because that's, you know, that's how I operate. I have to create and build things. But most people are just using their phone. So anything that you're looking to build or engage in, like if you're going to build a website, definitely think of WordPress and make sure you get a responsive template. That means that it can it looks like it's supposed to look on a cell phone. You can go to codecanyon.net or what's just known as uh, invato.com because they have several things. They have Code Canyon. They have Graphic River. They have all these different uh, uh, sites to where they sell directly the materials. They have many people that make these different materials for whatever you need to create. And this is really one of the massive repositories for great content for not uh, a high price. Like if you need a website, if you need those different kind of things and themes. So also, when we're talking about podcasting, because I think we're, you know, we're finally making a complete circle here because we're going to answer the question, what's the best podcaster? For me, I feel like it's Zencaster. I personally, I use a very extensive setup because I do a lot of live streaming. And, uh, and, that, and I just enjoy live streaming because it just kind of makes me feel like I'm just really operating the whole live setup. And of course, if a person wants to do something like that, I would recommend looking into uh, BMD. Uh, designs, which is uh, basically they make switchers, they make cameras. I think it's actually called Black Magic Design. We may not like the name, but they make excellent close the door kind of equipment, meaning it's just you get the equipment and it works, it does what it needs to do. Uh, but again, if you're not trying to go that route with it and get all that stuff first, go to Zencaster. It's actually free still right now. And the big benefit of it is, is it makes separate recordings and it works and it makes it clear. It does all the posts for you. When it comes to just if you don't record live, you want to move into something like SoundCloud because it allows you to immediately 
once recording something and uploading it to have that put on iTunes. And I feel like that for many people, you know, even getting to iTunes feels like a major accomplishment because you're like, you can now be Googled in the iOS or, or searched for in the iOS app. And so also remember, there's this big point to where, and this is just stuff that just dynamics of things you need to know. You either name the entire thing after yourself or you come up with some catchy name. And the biggest thing is just dis determining which one of those directions is going to be best for you. So let's say, for instance, like Tony Robbins names things after himself. So if you hit Tony Robbins podcast, you're going to get Tony Robbins. It's not called uh, Awakening to Greatness. It's not called anything like that. It's called Tony Robbins because people are not even going to remember if he's starting different kind of courses and different kind of things and he's naming all these different things, they're not going to remember all those different names to try to find that if you happen to name your app one of those different projects. But if you name it your name, then they're always going to be able to find it. And I even recently just had to do a new iTunes page and call it Seven Bomar just so people can actually find me. So that's another big tool. Now, when, it talk, when, it, when we're talking about creating apps, because remember I was saying that people are not on mainframes right now. They're not on desktop computers. They're on cell phones. And there's an amazing app creator called Good, Good Barber. It's a strange name, but that's what they call it. It's called goodbarber.com. And this service allows you to be able to create an app that basically can do anything that you really wanted to do, but it's very straightforward, very easy. It's a very small learning curve, especially if you're used to dealing with things like Facebook and copying pictures and making images right sizes, et cetera. Final thing, don't forget crowdfunding. If you got a gigantic idea and you do need to get some extensive funding before you can get that started, remember you have crowdfunding sources, but there is a formula to crowdfunding. So this requires you to watch quite a few crowdfunding videos from Indiegogo to Kickstarter to really get the gist of how it works because you can spend a lot of time in creating something and if you don't follow those formats then you can have in some in success with whatever your crowdfunding project is. Last but not least is to remember we're in the age of open source. That's why we launch open source spirituality. And what open source means is that there is a stronger component than just money that is involved with what you're doing. And people feel that strong component and decide to contribute based on that component. So let me give you an example. For many people, uh, knowledge is equivalent to money for them. So knowledge does something for them that they feel like either they'll pay for or they'll work for. So with open source spirituality, because people enjoy spiritual knowledge, then you have people that are contributing spiritual knowledge in different areas on the Secret Energy site just because they get feedback and they get people to build onto that knowledge and they perfect certain things like questions like, should I vaccinate my child? Get completely answered in open source environments because you have people that are real doctors or nurses, you have people that are real holistic nutritions, and all those people who have a vested interest in the knowledge to understand all the dynamics or understand all the dynamics around that are able to contribute. So just remember, most of the major companies right now are scrambling to try to figure out how they're going to become open source. Their first check was free, meaning that the first thing that a lot of these industries started having to do was find something they can give away for free. And that's why a lot of services, oh, free 15 days or free this, free that, because that's what marketing was saying. Now, marketing saying for a, a business that's going to last in the future, there needs to be components that are open source. 
So there's open source software, there's open source, you know, cryptocurrencies are open source. So just remember, you have these waves. And if you want to get to where you're going, it's like a surfer, it's like a person in a sailboat. Your entire body is configured like a vessel that's crossing a galactic ocean. Get your sails up and go where the wind is going to take you. Like, if you get in those areas to where it's dry, everyone's morbid, everyone's upset, everyone's mm -hmm. mad, the energy's dense, you even walk in the house and you can't even move through the living room because everyone's got this, you know, someone's listening to Alex Jones over there and then someone's over there complaining about Monsanto's and that's your environment. Realize that that environment is infertile. It's just as infertile as everything that's being mentioned there. And what nature wants, which is responsible for fertility, is nature wants that massage. Nature wants to feel good. Nature wants to feel great. And the only way that can happen is by frequencies. And those frequencies come from your heart and they come from the way that you feel. So if you're looking for getting some major uh, backup and front up and side to side in this and whatever your endeavor is, if you're looking to have the power and the steam that can push through anything, you need to get with nature. And the reason is, is just look at it from a simple way. Military industrial complex can pull out some pretty hefty equipment, but nature can, like a boat, let's say for instance, they got this new sub, you know, this uh, battle cruiser they built that for like $9,000 billion, whatever. It's still going across an ocean. So at any point where nature decides that that's not supposed to be there anymore, just one little wave compared to what the ocean can push off can just sub completely submerge this thing. And so what I'm trying to get people a picture of understanding is that we have these forces that we think are so big and bad and mighty, and that's only because people are not drawing from the power of nature anymore. They've separated them from nature, and we know about that whole agenda. And a big reason why is because nature is so much more powerful. It can send a wave of empathy that can cause hundreds of thousands of troops to just break down and cry. We have to realize that the war that we're fighting here begins within when we can get out of the war, which is duality, we can start experiencing the day after ascension for ourselves. That's why we call it understanding. You got to understand first. For you go out there trying to work this on anyone else, it needs to work for you. That's how it works. And then go out there now in the reality and become who you are. Do what you're here to do because you are a living example. And that's what people gravitate to the most. The people that are looking for the truth and are ready to expand into it, they're just looking for that, that mold, that prototype that works. And you are that. And that, so that's what I want to say today to the conscious broadcaster. Know that you can always reach out. Like we have a massive network and you can email us and ask us questions. We'll do our best to get back with you. But more than anything, there's hundreds, hundreds of videos to where we walk through these topics, we walk through connections, we walk through occultism, we walk through all of that, and we call it understand, because if you understand, then you won't fall for anything. You, we walk through that step by step through those processes, and we're not gurus, meaning we're not telling you something that we have not experienced ourselves, or we feel like we've experienced, and now we could be instructors on it. We're telling you what we're going through in real time. And to me, that is most instrumental because what you need right now and what people need and what you're going to become for them, for them is someone that is walking by them, right next to them, not in front of them, not behind them, but right next to them. And we're going into this together. And so that's the big thing. Like I, I was, you know, this conversation for me, because every time, and this is because I'm doing this, I'm the con conscious broadcaster. 
every time a message is delivered, there is such a level of connection and satisfaction that comes when you're transmitting clearly. We all look forward to it that are the conscious broadcasters, but not all of them are going to be that way. The days change, the weeks change, but the more that we get in ourselves and connect with the people that are around us with what's inside of us, it makes it a lot more easier. And that's all I want to say. <laughs> Seven, that's so, that's so awesome. My heart is on fire right now. I'm totally inspired <laughs> and motivated. Oh, yeah. And yeah, and it's like you did hit that sweet spot that we talked about earlier. It's like when you know that you're getting something and there's a feedback loop, there's nothing sweeter. So thank you for putting me in that sweet spot with you tonight. Oh, no doubt. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for being part of Conscious Media Festival. And I'm so happy. I hope we have another conversation. Oh, yeah. And we will. I love the message tonight. We This is exactly, I feel like this was an unprecedented conversation. No one has talked about it and created this tribe, and we're going to create a gathering spot for that. And I'm just... I'm very grateful, very happy about tonight. So I just want to say thank you. And I want to remind everyone, check out ConsciousMediaFestival.com. Sure. Check out Seven Bomar on the internet. Check out Giselle Coy. Check out all of us. And we look forward to seeing you in Austin, March 3 through 5, 2017. Exactly. Lots of love to everyone. And same to you, Seven. Oh, yeah, most certainly. And then know in March that if this is what's going on now, only imagine what's going to happen in March because we're going to keep taking what we're doing right now, writing down what we know we can improve on and keep increasing it. And we're doing that because we love you and we care about you truly. So I just want to say wholeness and balance vibrations. (laughs) Thank you. Good night, everyone. All right.